Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we are sitting down with Mr. Jimmy Jong, the CEO of IOST, and he's going to give us a one-on-one on their project. Their project just went mainnet a couple weeks ago, so we're going to talk about his progress, we're going to talk about what they're doing, and we're going to talk about their product. But before we get into that conversation, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There, enter in your email with the pop-up that is there and claim your free book. Crypto Revolutions is going to be out soon, and I want to send you a copy to inspire and lead the charge of bringing people into the cryptocurrency, blockchain, digital asset space so we can together shape the future. So go to Crypto101Podcast.com and put in your email to be notified when we're ready to ship that book. Also, on the page, you can find our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. Join our groups and be involved with a good community that's willing and ready to share knowledge with you. Follow us on Twitter at crypto underscore underscore 101. And also, think about becoming a patron. Patrons, we're starting a video series that is going to be released soon on YouTube. But I'm going to give you a sneak peek. And I've already put out one of those episodes on Patreon just for you guys. So you can see the conversations we're going to have with the guests we're going to have on this new channel. So please check it out. And if you are not a patron, think about becoming a patron so you can get access to this content and much more. And we also have a couple announcements for a couple conferences that we're involved with and we want you to know about. First, the Ethereal Summit, May 10th and 11th in New York for 20% off. See the link in the description with our promo code to get 20% off your tickets to Ethereal. And also, if you're a developer or just an enthusiast and you're going to be in San Diego June 5th to June 7th, you can come to DevZilla Conference and see and interact with speakers such as Nick Zabo. Use promo code CRYPTO101 for 10% off. Website link and promo code in the description. Like always, this is not financial advice, trading advice, legal advice, or personal advice. Enjoy IOST 101 with Mr. Jimmy Jong, and we will see you after the show. Jimmy Jong, CEO and co-founder of IOST. Welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thank you for the interview. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for waking up so early. Where are you based, sir? Uh, so I'm currently in Beijing right now. So normally I stay here for two weeks, then uh, two weeks in New York. We have office in New York City and uh, Beijing. And uh, yeah, actually in a lot of other countries too. But most of our folks are here. Okay, excellent, excellent. I lived in Beijing for about six years. I really love the city. Before we go and get into your project, I want to say congratulations on the main net launch. When people are listening to this right now, I don't know when it is, but this is one day after you launched the main net. So congratulations. How is everything going? Uh, things are doing pretty well. Uh, team has been busy for the last two weeks. I think finally, for the first time, we uh, have a product. <laughs> I think the uh, hardest question to answer in the last year uh, would be, you know, people normally ask you, hey, so what can LSD be used for back then or ERC-20 tokens? So up to, you know, to be honest, not much, right? Uh, right now, finally, we launched our own platform and we're completely independent from Ethereum. And people will be able to play with LSD and actually try things out on LSD uh, starting March. Excellent, excellent. So now the hardest question is going to be to answer what is IOST supposed to do and how you build on it. But before we go into that question, I want to know a little bit about you, sir, and your background. Yeah, of course. So uh, I was born here in Beijing. I went to U.S. for college. I stayed there for roughly uh, seven years, I believe. 
And my first startup, I think my first startup when I was in college uh, in the Emory University, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, started an ad tech company there. We sold the company for uh, $30 million, 30 to 40 actually, <laughs> uh, when shit. I graduate. Congratulations, yeah, man. <laughs> not, not bad for a college student, yeah? Uh, yeah, not bad at all. And uh, in the year of 2017, I uh, came back to Beijing. So that's when we started IOST with a lot of awesome co-founders of mine, including folks from Princeton and the previous champion of NOI or IOI. So uh, we started this team in 2017. I think right now it's a little bit over a year and a half. Cool. And you, what, what did you major in in college and why did you decide to go into the blockchain technology? Did you just see yourself as a going into an industry that's going to be lucrative in the future? Or is, what is it about blockchain that took you to this industry? Yeah. So uh, when I was in college, actually, uh, in the year of 2013, uh, that's the first time I've heard of Bitcoin. Uh, actually, I heard it from my professor, my computer science professor. I uh, was a CS major, of course. And, you know, he was telling me that there's this one cool thing called Bitcoin that, you know, for the first time in human history, you get to process your own assets and it's also easy to carry, right? I think in the past thousands of years, people had assets that are easy to carry, uh, like, you know, the, the, the cash you have in your banks right now, you can, you know, basically carry those digitally, uh, but you don't really own them, right? Um, or you can have, you know, physical cash or gold or things like that. And you owe them, but it's very hard to carry. And I think Bitcoin, you know, has a feature where, you know, to be honest, all that's not recommend that you can remember your private key or your, your mind. <laughs> so you can pretty much carry as much cash as you want or as much value as you want. So, you know, we figure, hey, that's such a cool thing. You know, there was no concept or, or you know, a word like blockchain mentioned back then. We were just into Bitcoins. Until the year of 2015, where, uh, you know, Vitalik launched Ethereum, and we checked out, hey, you know, blockchain is actually a technology, it's actually, you know, a thing beyond cryptocurrency, right? Like, you can use blockchain for, you know, something else. That's the first time I started to think about it. But I think since then, it's been a very fascinating term or technology for us. And we want to know that, you know, beyond the traditional internet startups or the traditional internet business, what can we do, right? Can we still do something that's so innovative that we can still, you know, change a lot of things? Then, you know, we think blockchain is our choice. So that's how we got started. I mean, of course, there were frustration uh, with Ethereum for not being, you know, upgraded properly over years. And, um, you know, we figured there might be better platforms that can deliver the original vision of Vitalik's in a better way. Right on, right on. So now you have your project IOST. What does IOST stand for? So IOST stands for Internet of Services. So originally we had this name because we were actually a little bit frustrated with a lot of projects back then in 2017 trying to launch a crypto project in a, a space that doesn't make sense at all. So assuming you're, you're, you're buying a car, it, it really doesn't matter too much about how secure you're, you're processing your payment. If I don't just give you the car, you still sue me in the court. So uh, blockchain is not a cure for everything, right? I think in 2017, especially during the hype, it was a little bit crazy. People expect blockchain to, to do literally everything, right? So that's not realistic. So we want to make it clear that, you know, we think it is, to be honest, it probably only applies to that you know, value can only be exchanged online uh, or, you know, industries that are related with, you know, online service. 
that's how we um, you know started this name iOS T. Why the T? Services doesn't have a T. You know, T stands for token because iOS T is the name of the token. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. When you started this, what was your intention? What What is your roadmap and goal for iOS T? Where do you envision it? Now that you went through the whole ERC20 process, the development, the test net, now you've launched your main net. What do you see iOS T doing with the blockchain? You know, I think right now talking but the, the current stage, we are the fourth platform that you can actually use to play the app with a proper user base and ecosystem right after Ethereum, EOS, and Tron. And among those four platforms, including IOST, we are the first scalable and decentralized solution out here. So that's the original goal. The original goal is to create the first scalable and decentralized solution because there are decentralized solutions that's not scalable, like, like Ethereum. And there are scalable solutions, um, but not decentralized, like EOS, right? So we want to go in there and actually build a solution, which, you know, I think decentralization is definitely the key of a blockchain project. If you don't, if you're not decentralized, you know, you can just have a centralized server and be, be a ton faster, right? But you lose the point. So that's basic, you know, point here. We have to be decentralized. And in the same time, we want to scale to a level, a layer one, where we can be significantly faster than, than Ethereum. I'm talking about super low latency. I'm talking about, you know, thousands of transactions per second, not un unrealistic millions, but at least thousands on layer one. And we, we've done that, right? And I think today we can probably say that we actually have a platform that can actually do this. What does scalability mean? Now, I know a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to be, be scalable. But when, when it comes to blockchain and these platforms, we have to put it into context. Because if you say that, if somebody says, okay, we have a, we have a platform and it's going to be scalable and we have the fast <laughs> TPS, you know what? And then you try to do 11.11 Taobao sales, it's impossible. You can't do that on the blockchain. You cannot do trading on the blockchain because the TPS just will never be as fast as some of the fastest centralized servers, especially the ones that Alibaba have. So what does scalability mean? Is it in terms of speed? Is it in terms of storage? What, what does that mean? So I think scalability here means um, low latency and transactions per second uh, from a general perspective while we talk about blockchain-related projects. Right. So uh, we'll talk about them one by one. So if you look at Ethereum, for example, right, if I send you a transaction or, you know, we ask you to smart contract, no, normally it takes a little while to confirm everything. Right. So that's how we call latency here. And if you look at EOS, this process is, uh, I would say, you know, 20, 30 times faster, uh, if not even, even more. Right. And on the other hand, you know, um, if you look at EOS uh, from a layer one perspective, you're looking at a few thousand transactions per second where Ethereum you're looking at, you know, 20, 30. So basically, uh, you know, Vitalik has been talking about scaling up Ethereum for a long time. And they meant like problems. We can talk about it a little bit. Uh, but the key here is that we think uh, on layer one, even without layer two things like Lightning Network, if you want to support smart contract, you can't just have all your developers, all your applications on your platform to share a, a pity, say 20 transactions per second altogether, 
right? And you cannot have transactions confirmed in, in say, 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes. It just doesn't work. So we think, you know, right now it's too early to, to talk about, hey, we're going to have, you know, a gazillion of transactions per second. We're going to, you know, confirm transactions in 0.00001 second. It's too early. There aren't enough users in blockchain yet. But, you know, to make this thing usable, that's why you actually see a lot of the apps coming on EOS right now. And to be honest, they're way more user-friendly compared to the ones launching on Ethereum because you just don't have the infrastructure there. If you need five minutes, 10 minutes to confirm a transaction, if every transaction you have to wait for a lot of time, how can you actually do things properly, right? Even with a very small user base, I'm talking about hundreds, not even thousands, right? So it's a process. I, I you know, We're not obsessed with TPS, you know, bragging about 100 million TPS in a very in a very unrealistic way, but we think in order for a platform to basically survive, not not to mention thrive, right? You you actually have to build a usable one, and of course, decentralization is nice. And you know, when we talk about Bitcoin, I I just don't think it actually needs to scale that much because it's literally for transaction purpose, right? And you can combine that with layer two solutions, exchange, and a lot of other things. It's like you don't have to transfer gold in a super efficient way. But you know, if you want, if you actually want it for payments, or if you actually want it for smart contract, if if you expect a lot of applications built on top of it. You know, you, you have to expect, I think, a very decent throughput here where, you know, I think a minimum line here, you have to get to a few thousand transactions per second on layer one. That means combining with layer two, uh, potentially you can support maybe up to a million, half a million. Uh, but of course, it takes a little bit of time to develop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your platform is going to be a platform to create dApps on or dApps, however, however you want That's to pronounce right. them. And why... Would people go to your platform over, say, Ethereum, EOS, or Zilliqa, or any other platform that's being made and that is also working on these solutions that you just presented? So as we talk about actually um, today, we are the fourth platform that you can actually choose. I know there are a lot of platforms, including Zilliqa and other platforms, saying they've launched the mainnet, but none of them is actually usable. Some of them are still under quote-unquote test mode here. Uh, for example, Zilliqa, that you cannot even process transactions or smart contract on top of it. So you can't really build anything. And they have the mainnet launch, but it's a, it's a very beta mainnet. We have everything here on iOS teams that we have the virtual machine, we have everything, and we're six months ahead of our original schedule. So right now, the only three usable platforms with users that, that you can actually build dApps on would be Ethereum, EOS, and Tron, and uh, IOST is definitely the fourth one here. And on the other hand, uh, you know, as we talked about briefly, we are the first decentralized and scalable solution. Among those three platforms, Tron and EOS are basically the same thing. They're all dedicated proof-of-stake, DPoS, which one of them has 17 supernodes, the other one has 21. And Ethereum, you know, uh, we know what's going on with that. It's just, you know, the scalability issue and it's just quite slow. And latency is too high, although it's being pretty decentralized with 30 or 40,000 nodes. And I want to see here, first time you've got a platform that can be even faster than US because we've got better virtual machine. And um, you can get to a few thousand transactions per second with thousands of nodes, right? And that's very impressive. Right now, we start with hundreds of nodes because we just got started like a few days ago, but uh, this year, hopefully we can get to a four-digit number of nodes and building a truly decentralized platform. And of course, those are only from 
the practice or the uh, tactical perspective. But if you take it to a deeper level, for users or the app developers to actually use or build the apps on top of iOST, uh, I think the most important thing here is the ecosystem too, right? So in the year of 2018, we also started a $50 million funds with a lot of VCs and LPs here in Asia uh, to support the ecosystem that iOS is going to have in the future. Uh, we've invested in multiple teams, working with multiple teams closely. Right now, we're proud to say that in starting March, by the end of March, we're going to have uh, 30 or 40 dApps on IOST ready uh, with games, um, decentralized exchange, stable coins, uh, and other things too. So that's very exciting. And we actually have a lot of secret plans here trying to bring a lot of users outside of crypto into the dApps world. Because uh, to be honest, dApps are very problematic these days. There aren't enough users simply because the barrier is too high, the games or the applications are boring. And we're fixing the problem, right? So, um, you know, we can say this with confidence. Uh, starting mid-late March, you will see dApps on IOST doing really, really well. And the transactions and volume will actually go up to the level where uh, US has right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What puts you ahead of schedule? You said that you are six months ahead of schedule. Is it manpower? Is it uh, the resources that you had? Is it a community? You must have had a lot of developments. You must have had a lot of successes. There must have been not a lot of setbacks, which usually happens in blockchain development. How did you get so ahead of schedule? I think, you know, we have a great team and that's the simple answer. Uh, most of the team these days, they have say 10, 20 people max. We have over a hundred people, a little bit over a hundred people globally right now, uh, roughly 30 in the New York and uh, 60 here in Beijing. And the rest of them are marketing folks in Korea, Japan, Singapore, and Vietnam. So basically all the developers here are uh, working at OSD full time. Uh, they were, you know, either gold medalists or silver medalists from the previous, you know, NLI, IOI, ACM competitions. And uh, most of them come from the best universities all over the globe, including Princeton, Stanford, Tsinghua in China, and also uh, some other universities from different countries. So I think... Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three-in-one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. Recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Ufi Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Ufi Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, 
Go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we've been working super hard in the last year because we know, although, you know, the market is pretty, you know, chilled out right now, it's still a pretty competitive landscape uh, that we want to have our product early instead of, to be honest, all the other projects, they figure out so many excuses to delay their process. It takes them, you know, three months longer to launch the mainnet and then they don't support anything. They wait six months again for them to support the, the virtual machine, the smart contract. There are gazillion excuses, and we don't have any of that. We say original plan was working on launch in, I think, Q3 2019. Right now, we're at Q1, and we already have the platform with all the features we wanted to support, right? As we talk about, it's a full platform that you can build the apps, you can build smart contract, uh, it can process transactions, of course. It has everything you want. That sounds pretty bullish on your project because the way that you positioned it already is you said that everybody else has excuses. You have a product. You have something that people can use and build on right now. You also said there's only 100 nodes in your decentralized network. Where are those nodes? Who owns those nodes? And are those set up by community members globally or are they set up by you and employees? How are you decentralized at, at the moment? Because this is one of your value propositions. This is why you said that you of are not... EOS. How is this set up? As we talked about, we just launched the mainnet. So right now we have, I think, a little bit over 200 candidates uh, with uh, 100 nodes-ish elected. So they're all set up at community member, of course, right? Uh, this year, we're going to roughly, uh, I mean, hopefully get to 1,000 nodes, uh, at least 500. It takes a little bit of time to develop um, the whole network, but all of them came from the community, right? We don't really normally, you know, host any nodes here. I think uh, at first we had a few nodes here just to make sure everything is stable, but everyone can join the network as long as you stake 2.1 million LST or someone stake that token for you. Uh, you can be a node, there's no barrier, and we don't stop you from being a node at all. 
and we actually help you facilitate the process, right? If you if you're not technical savvy, because we have some notes here that were, you know, media say like ICO alerts, right? I mean, those folks are actually technical, but you know, we have KOLs or media that's actually not technical. And they still want to be a node, right? So we actually facilitate them and help them become a node by teaching them how to set up a server, you know, help them find third party server providers. And basically one click script that can set up everything for them once they have the server set up. So we made it as easy as we can for anyone to join the network. That's the key, right? Because the value here we have is we have a scalable network that's decentralized. So we, we are trying to make it as decentralized as we can. I want to go into something I saw when I was doing a little research on IOST, and that is proof of believability. And I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but it made me giggle. And the reason why it made me giggle is that there's proof of all kinds of crap. There's, you know, there's proof of work, proof of stake. I, I was in F Denver and I saw somebody with proof of capacity. I was like, what, what is this? I mean, there's all these proofs coming up. Sell me on proof of believability. First, can you give me a one-on-one on what it is and tell me why this is a good idea? And it's not just a marketing ploy of saying another proof to make you differentiated from the others. In short, proof of believability is the first scalable and decentralized solution that has ever been launched, right? Uh, I know there are other theses, uh, but you know they're either not live or you know in your opinion they're never going to be live in the, in the next five or ten years. So. Uh, proof of believability here is very straightforward. You know, believability here stands for reputation points. We're trying to build a network where uh, for every single node, uh, you know, you have to do work in the network, you know, the transactions you're processing, the, you know, the time you're being a witness, everything contributes to your quote-unquote reputation or believability points here. And, uh, you know, the higher of your points, uh, the higher chance you have uh, to be elected in the committee to reach the consensus. Because... In order to scale, Vitalik actually did an interview a few weeks ago with CoinDesk, saying that you know uh, on layer one solutions, you really you only have two options, right? Either you have fewer nodes to reach consensus, which is going to be coming from a consensus protocol level, or you know you apply sharding. I mean, I mean, of course you can do both, right? At OST here, we are doing both. On the sharding part, we're simply processing transactional sharding. Um, the state sharding takes a little bit of time. I think a smart contract in general has some problem with state sharding uh, in terms of data consistency, but that's a separate talk. But back to the consensus part, in order to actually make the network faster, you know, sharding is actually the same thing. You just can't have 30,000, 40,000 nodes reaching consensus at the same time. Right. So how would you actually make them into smaller groups? This is the same thing like if you have, say, a thousand people in your in like a playground and you want them to reach consensus on one thing, of course it's slow. And if you divide them into groups, it's faster, right? That's sharding. But but what is believability here? And what is proof of believability? So basically among all the nodes here, right? They you know, say we have 40 people in a classroom. Maybe some people are playing with their cell phone. Maybe some people are just, you know, taking a nap. And some people are listening to the professor or whatever, right? So every single student or every single node here in the network, they have a different you know, reputation point at, you know, one time epoch here uh, in the network. So say if you've got a higher chance, like the top 10% of people, the top 10% of nodes, they, if they have a higher reputation, they will have a higher chance of getting selected into a smaller committee, which we can reach consensus. And uh, once in a while, right after if you get selected to produce a block, 
we empty, we wipe out reputation point. So we make sure that you cannot, you know, reach a monopoly and be the BP forever, right? So basically, yeah, you know, you have to start over by being witness by processing transactions again, and we, we can make sure you're active. And of course, there are different variations. There are, there are different things to contribute uh, into the believability points here. Uh, if, you, if you're interested, you can go on iyc.io. We have an article talking about it there. We actually have a bunch of articles talking about it you know, everywhere actually on our medium accounts, on Twitter, um, you know, Telegram groups. So, you know, we, we just have this solution figured out, which combined with the, you know, activities you've done on the network, on the blockchain, and we combine this, you know, and, and we put them into the word believability here, which is, you know, how believable you are, uh, you know, based on your, your track record, right? And uh, by doing this, we resolve multiple issues, including scalability, because we can always have fewer nodes reach consensus, say the top 10% of people with high reputation, and also the decentralization problem, because this is a very, very fast rotating system where, you know, even you're in the committee this time, uh, once, you're, once you've done your job, you're out, you have to start over. So you can make sure everyone, you know, has a decent chance as long as you're active. Um, to be selected into the committee. Um, that's basically the, the, the process here. Compared to, you know, the, the traditional delegated proof of stake, I mean, of course, they every single time they have a, a, a small group of people to reach consensus, 17, 21 or whatever. But they basically stay there forever, especially for US, you know, you can vote, every single vote can be voted 30 times, right? So the top... 21 or 30 nodes, they basically, you know, they are in one group right now and all their votes are overlapped. So once you're elected, you're, you are there, right? So you're basically in the, in the core group forever. And over, over time, of course, it causes issues. Like, for example, like I know that some European nodes and American nodes on US are actually run by Chinese people. So it's, it's not, it's just like not a system we want at all. Yeah. There are like probably five, six group of people controlling the whole US right now. When it comes to your tokens, first of all, thank you for explaining that. I appreciate that. And I will also say that I was on your IOST.io site and you do have a lot of resources to help people learn, engage and interact with your system. I thought that was something that I think more uh, companies should put on their site and make it more ready, just like a 101 page, like a learning center for your project. And I think that you did it really well. So I appreciate that. Looking at your tokens and things like that, because I, I just had a question and I just want to know how your company was set up. There's 21 billion tokens outstanding and 12 billion tokens in circulation. How is that going to be let out? How are you going to kind of dilute this system as time goes on? And how much is the founders, the co-founders holding of that stack? I think in the year of 2017, uh, end of 2017, we did a private sale. That's why we have a circulating supply at all. So we sold roughly that much of our token, and then we airdropped a few as well, a few percent. So combining them together, you're looking at roughly 12 billion tokens in circulating supply. We didn't do a public ICO, so there was no public sale because of regulatory reasons. So all of our investors were institutional investors, all of them. You know, I mean, I mean, of course, in the private sales stage. So including, you know, Sequoia Capital China, Matrix Partners China, and uh, basically all the famous fund uh, you can find here in Asia. So uh, it was pretty successful. I think right now we are not planning to do a second private sale because we have enough fund to, uh, you know, keep the process going. 
the rest of them are locked uh, in the foundation right now, and we're using them for multiple purpose. For example, this is the first year we launched the Midnight, and the foundation is giving out 2% of token to the partners and nodes, all the nodes we have, to basically make them you know, work harder, make the incentive even stronger in a bear market, right? So we're using those tokens to incentivize the whole ecosystem. And all the plans will be shared and announced with the community way ahead of time before we do anything. So for example, the current lockup part was announced over, I think over a little bit over a year ago and uh, till today is still locked. And you know, after the maintenance wrap, we're gonna have a new lockup plan. So we're always super transparent to the community. I think that's part of the key to the success of a blockchain project. If you check out our Twitter, check out our tagline groups, you can see that we're, we're, we're super active there. Every single two weeks, we publish a very comprehensive weekly report, not a BS one, including our technical improvements, including the, the ecosystem growth and everything, right? And every single day, we're there talking about the newest update with LST. Thank you for that. Moving on to general questions, man. I just want your opinion on the space these days. You started your project in a bull market and you developed it in a bear and now you're launching in the winter. What do you think of the market these days? Are you hopeful? Are you optimistic for the future of Bitcoin price of the crypto space market cap? So uh, I have to be frank that we're not the luckiest project, right? <laughs> so by the time we got listed on, say, Binance, uh, that was um, January 2018, end of January 2018. And it's been a very bearish market since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, there's nothing um, good for anybody yeah. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think we've done pretty well from a market cap perspective. Not saying, you know, we think it reflects any value at all these days because we think anything is highly speculative. Uh, we're 50-ish, I think, right now, uh, CMC. So I think our community members still love us, <laughs> even during a bear market. So, you know, in terms of the whole general market condition, I mean, of course, everyone knows it's winter right now. But we think from a technology perspective, I mean, it's going pretty well, right? Like the first step... Now, if we consider CryptoKitty as the first app, that was end of 2017, right? Last year, although it's a very bearish market, we've seen a lot of progress being made, you know, on the consumer level or the enterprise level in terms of the use case of blockchain. So we're pretty excited, you know, like we'll be working with multiple you know, enterprise here in Asia, including the government too, on the blockchain technology. So actually, yeah, we'll be working with the government on multiple things, including the Chinese NASA here, a lot of other institutions. And at the same time, you know, we're working with a lot of developers trying to build things for the customers directly, the consumer market. So we actually think we start to see a lot more use case day by day. So, you know, I think in general, I have a very strong belief in the technology and Bitcoin, of course. Otherwise, we won't be doing what we're doing here in the bear market or in the, in the winter, right? It's simply because we think the next few years will be bullish, not only from a market condition perspective, I think most importantly, we'll see the things we're building right now being used by hundreds of millions of people. I think in the year of 2019, in the year of 2019 we want to bring people outside of crypto. We want to bring over 100 million people into crypto world, into the iOS ecosystem, you know, let them use the technology. It's not about, you know, brainwash them about, hey, what is iOS, what is blockchain? It's about bringing them into a product that's using the blockchain technology. It's like when you use Google, you don't need to understand how TCP, IP, HTTPS work, right? You just use it. 
So it's, it should be the same thing for blockchain. You know, when you're using a, a traditional, seems like a traditional internet product, whatever, you know, it might be blockchain powered, it might be LSD powered. I think you know, that's the key here is to bring technology to the mass. I wasn't going to ask this question, but you kind of brought it up and I have to put my opinion and, and I would love to hear your statement from it is you said you were working with the Chinese government. And I think from a lot of people's point of view, the Chinese government is notorious to have to have some control over a certain project or have to have some control if they wanted to, say, have a backdoor to get in, to manipulate, to um, <laughs> was maybe not manipulate, to put things maybe in their favor if needed or control if needed, if in an extreme case. What would you say to people that maybe have that assumption if you're working with the Chinese government and they are going to use your blockchain? Yeah. So just to answer your question, uh, we're saying we're working with the government. It's more like we're working with institutions or companies that's related or belongs to the government. Uh, for example, you know, we're working with the Chinese NASA. We're more likely working with the drone companies here in China because they have to basically go with regulation that NASA has, the Chinese NASA has, which was... Uh, to put on their encrypted data on a third-party blockchain, right? So there, there's really not much room for, you know, sensitivity data here. Um, if you're interested, you know, everything is open source on IOST. Uh, feel free to run the full node, get on our GitHub. We don't have anything that's closed source. Every single thing is open source. First of all, there's no room to cheat. <laughs> Second of all, uh, blockchain really is just a public ledger. It's a public database here that everything is transparent. So, um, you know, we're working with enterprise level solutions. Uh, we're more likely providing the technology, uh, you know, helping them resolve some difficulties. Uh, it's not like we're building a cell phone where, you know, or a software that you use every single day and we're trying to steal data from you. There's just simply no room for that. Right, right. Before I ask this last question, I want to say, Jimmy, thank you very much for coming on and giving us a 101 on IOST. And I wish you luck in the future. And congratulations on the six months ahead of schedule mainnet. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Last question I want to ask you is, what is my friend over in Beijing listening to? What three songs would you like to put on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of electro music. So uh, anything is fine. Uh, I think to put on a podcast, not to be too hardcore, you can... Maybe pick some songs from Alan Walker. Alan Walker? Not a big fan of EDC, are you? <laughs> All right. Well, I must be missing out. Norwegian DJ. Gotcha. All right. Jimmy Jong, CEO and co-founder of IOST. Thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101, sir. All right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Mr. Jimmy Jong, CEO of IOST, very nice to talk to you and get to know a 101 on your project. Just remember, at crypto underscore underscore 101 on Twitter to follow us there. Go to our Facebook, Crypto 101 community. And don't forget to go to crypto101podcast.com and in the pop-up for your email, enter your email to register to get your free book, Crypto Revolutions, shipped out to you when it is published to help lead the charge getting people into cryptocurrency during this next run-up. In our next episode of Crypto 101, we have some project updates, and I'm excited to bring those to you. We have on Streamer and Zillica. And don't forget, if it's not your keys, it's not your coin. Make sure to pick up a Ledger, a Cool S, or some kind of hardware wallet. Store your Bitcoin, your cryptocurrency, your digital assets there, not on exchanges. And happy hodling, everyone. We'll see you in the next episode of Crypto 101.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.